0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and 0, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Welcome in on a Wednesday morning, day six of the Jack Mitchell vacation. I'm Caleb Henry, Doug Fitzgerald in studio with me, Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. We'll have Chris Lofgren, Time Saver Traffic, in a little bit later this morning. But if you are up and about, I don't know about right now, but Mark, when I was coming in, there was a pretty decent light show for me, and no, it was not fireworks at that time (laughs) of the morning.
2: Yeah, there was a little lightning out there, a few uh, little showers in the area. Um, Latest that I show is a lightning strike about 11 miles from Midtown Lincoln. Okay. I don't know which direction because, quite frankly, I haven't been able to, to get the uh, radar map to function <laughs> so far this morning. Maybe it took out something. so uh, We'll see what we can find out. But, yeah, some uh, scattered showers. Moving. A little rain. Uh, a yeah. little rain. Uh, hit and miss. Uh, just, just like yesterday, we had a couple of showers that moved through but uh, didn't leave much at all. It looks like most of the stuff is now uh, to the east of us in uh, Cass County and uh, Odo County.
1: And could we see a little bit later on the, this evening? Only a high of ninety-one, but there is a chance of some thunderstorms.
2: Uh, well, actually, uh, Malcolm over at Channel Eight saying we're probably going to be closer to ninety-seven or eight.
1: Oh, really, today?
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh so you know, mid to upper nineties. Uh, but what this rain and uh, the shift of the winds to the south gonna up the humidity? So. Yeah. Uh, I st- I still get uh, after having lived in Kansas City for some reason. I've uh, been here 10 years, but for some reason one of my weather apps every time they get an alert in Kansas City, I get it <laughs> comes in in the background. <laughs> They've got a heat uh, uh advisory in place now on through Friday night. Wow. Kansas City, so it's uh, it's going to be toasty.
1: It well, it wasn't that bad yesterday. Once the, that that rain had come through and then there were, it was pretty breezy. Last That's night nice. felt nice. Yeah. Like just hanging out on the porch, took the dogs for a walk. It was not bad yesterday. I don't want that humidity. I, <laughs> I don't want anything close to that humidity. Uh I got a little sprinkled in, sprinkled out on the way coming in this morning Did too. You? Yeah.
3: Yesterday I was out on the deck doing some work and that rain came through. It felt good. Yeah. But yeah, the last three days, three or four days that humidity's dropped. It felt really good outside. If you've been outside about eight, nine, nine o'clock or
2: so.
1: That's my bedtime.
2: I know. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> About that time, that's, that's when I'm no longer outside anymore.
2: Well, even if I'm outside, I'm usually asleep. <laughs> that's
1: yeah, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, just happen to not get inside. To in in the
2: rocker on the deck.
1: <laughs> uh, it is a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. We'll get to that good in... When have I got one? Oh, you got a good one? I got two
2: of them. I got, a,
1: I got a couple as well. We've got them on the text line. You can find that there, 402 479 1400 send those in and we'll get to that in an hour you can also go to facebook.com slash lnk today get the conversation going on there i used my best italian to ask people what chaps their hide which
2: translate program did you use i <laughs> used
1: google yeah <laughs> and it, okay so here you go mark cosa rovina latua is it just pell or Pele?
2: <laughs> you're asking me so use the verbal one <laughs> so
1: here's here's what it means when when i use the translate back and forth it's what ruins your skin <laughs> oh that's good so when i typed in what that's chaps your close. hide it said what ruins your skin i was like that's close enough That's close we'll do that as the italians say what ruins your skin on this wednesday <laughs> <laughs>
0: little
3: chafing what chiefs? Uh, so
1: we'll get to that at uh, at seven ten. Your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Eight o'clock hour, we do have John Bishop after a phenomenal, phenomenal College World Series. We're also going to talk a little Nebraska Sports Council. Today is the end of their torch run ahead of the Cornhusker State Games, which will get rolling in about a week and a half. But. What else do we have going on yesterday? I, I saw some, because we talked a little bit yesterday about that rollover crash that had happened. Yeah. We've had a number of those over the course of the month.
2: Yeah, there's been, uh, I think we're close to double digits now. Mm-hmm. In in uh, yeah, we had two of them yesterday. Well, yeah, more or less one very early. And then one yesterday after uh, late morning, I think it was. <laughs> so uh,
1: it's been eight rollover crashes in June here in Lincoln.
2: And a couple crashes into buildings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of crashes into buildings.
2: And, and as a matter of fact, the one into the apartment building, the latest one there, uh, they, that vehicle was on its side. So I guess that's technically not a rollover, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what's causing it. Inattention, uh, speed, uh, trying to avoid orange barrels. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, more, I, I think it's probably more along the line of just, Not paying attention.
1: I think that's the biggest one. I think it's it's got to be a lot of not paying attention or speed. Well, and and part of speed could be not not paying attention. Could be knowing that 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 speed limit has slowed down. That people in front of you have slowed down, and you're still clocking along like you're the only one on the road.
2: I'm seeing a lot of these though uh, happening in intersections, and I wonder if it isn't have to do with uh, people making right hand turns on red, or uh, you know, trying to do a U turn. Uh, left hand you turn to go back the other way it's just yeah it's strange to have that many well at least doug wasn't t-boned the other
1: day that's right no t-bones we're happy about that (laughs) there are some places that that i do think we shouldn't be able to turn right on red in particular right here on 44th if we were to turn west or turn east onto o so we come you come right out of the the broadcast house building here it is almost impossible to see out to the left uh, so i would appreciate that just straight up being a no no turn no right turn on red mm, yeah I it, any anywhere that has got an extremely obstructed view i would like there to not be the right turn on well, red
2: of course if you've got an obstructed view you shouldn't do it
1: so. well yeah and that that's the but, thing yeah. is there there are places that have an obstructed view at least partially but they are not one of the places that has the no right on red signs.
3: I'd agree with that one, especially on this corner. There's that daycare right there, too.
2: Right yeah, in the here. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's this what I'm saying, right that here. corner right
3: there. Right. Right. I agree,
1: yeah. Just you know, thank for
2: that. It was just a couple of months ago that we had a situation there where uh, a pickup ended up in the playground.
1: Yeah, there, the pickup, daycare. yeah, it went right through that fence over yeah. there.
2: So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just, you know, slow down. I, I, I thought I was, you know, in a... Uh, heat race at nascar this morning coming in on north 80 or on south 84th north you know, was chugging along 40 41 42 into 45 and it was like Meow.
1: he was like what Meow. oh wow that's pretty good we're gonna have to save that sound no you're not okay i noticed i noticed
3: leaving home doing this early drive here 10 minute. like seriously 10 minutes can totally change the time that you get to where you're going, so i was a ten minute, I was ten minutes later this morning than I normally am, and it took me an extra five minutes to get here uh-huh crazy just that just that otherwise i 'm just driving right in, but i'm telling you what ten extra minutes
1: it'll it'll change what the timing is on the lights for you
3: oh, it changes everything mm mm-hmm. and there's no marked sound effects ten minutes later
1: <laughs> no. It's <laughs> that was close enough ah, there you go it's close enough <laughs> we'll uh, stop and go and, yeah. anything else happened well, yeah, yesterday yeah, we yeah, yeah, need to yeah. be aware of
2: kind of kind of some uh what i would say big news i don't know whether it's going to be enough but uh, lps board of education had their first uh preliminary budget proposal mm, that's a uh, right. work session yesterday and the the initial uh proposal is for a 13 cent drop in the levy and we've heard so much about property valuations and and some taxing entities uh Uh, not changing their levies. Matter of fact, uh, some are going to go to the max, but not LPS. They're projecting a a 13 cent drop in the uh, levy. Uh, And even so with a they're projecting uh, and they've got to wait for the assessor to give the certified valuations for the uh, city. And in this case for the school district, but their uh, initial expectations is for a 22% increase district wide Mm -hmm. in valuations. So, They've worked that into their budget and are projecting to lower the levy thirteen cents from a dollar twenty-one to a dollar eight per hundred evaluation. So that's about the first time in twenty years that we've seen that level of a drop in a levy of LPS, which is the largest taxing uh, entity within the property taxes here in Lincoln and in the district.
3: I was doing some rough,
2: just some rough numbers,
3: Mark, on that, and with our increase, with the assessment increase of eleven percent. That thirteen cents would take care of about half of the increase of property taxes for us, for me, for our the, property. The increase, half yeah, the increase. half of the increase. So, right. hey, that's a that's a that's a chunk. Yes, it is. I like that. And, and let's go, let's go more. Come on, LPS.
2: <laughs> well, remember too that that they've got some things that are they're adding into the budget we have to consider because they're opening a new high school, and, and that's you know Standing Bear is going to be first time that it's going to be within the operating budget in the twenty three twenty four school year. So they've got some, some growth situations, and, of course, staff um, uh, salary increases. What well, I was a little surprised, it's uh, just under 90% of the LPS budget is actually in staffing. Hmm. And and as uh, Dr. Liz Standish, who's the Associate Superintendent for Business, uh, just think about those salaries and that amount of money that then goes back into the community through, as all salaries do, what they, they pay, what they buy, right. what they pay for. So. Uh, it's it's a big enterprise uh, hmm. uh, and and a big number. But um, there have been a lot of discussion about the valuation increases and uh, calls for, for these uh, taxing entities to really look at their levies. Well, evidently, LPS so far has taken that to heart in their preliminary budget. Now, the other thing that they announced, that the, the Board of Education has requested that through this process, that even more public events and transparency be done, and they're actually going to hold public events in each quadrant of the district so oh. people will be able to to uh, get the story firsthand, ask questions, and they'll also have a district-wide uh, online uh, right. meeting sometime. I think it'll be in August or September once they get the certified assessment numbers mm-hmm. because then they can put a little more definitive uh, numbers together. So wow. the process is underway, but a uh, total budget of about Five hundred fourteen million for LPS projected for the twenty three twenty four year.
1: So. Well, that's that's it. It. I mean, like like you said, that they're a large employer. Yes, <laughs> here yeah. in the city.
3: What's well, we were talking about, Caleb? Last I think it was last week we were talking about just parent involvement, more communication, mm-hmm. more transparency. What a great opportunity. I, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I, and Dr. Stanish, I've known her for for years now and she does a great job with the budget, with communication, with helping people understand where money's going and why and I appreciate the work that she does at LPS. Well, so.
2: and re- and think too about all the, the that they have to deal with. They've had the ARPA funding, they had the COVID grants that are not going to happen, you know, in the future. Uh the legislatures changed the school uh funding formula the teosa formula is going to get less state aid for general students but more for special ed so i mean these there's a lot of moving parts in the funding and then dealing with with costs that, that just go up as we all deal with so
1: mark can i ask you a stupid question
2: there is no such thing as a stupid question
1: okay. yes well i am a non-home-owning non-property-owning <laughs> millennial right my head anytime Anyone talks about well, they raised the levy. They lowered the levy. My brain just says, "Drove my Chevy to the levy, but the levy was dry."
2: It all goes. Well, it it all goes into rental rates because proper. Uh,
1: right, right, right. So like, I know it it does impact me, but it's not something I've ever been like, cool. I know what that is.
3: Because you don't see the yeah, you don't see the exact numbers. So for so you.
1: so all it is is just the the institutions add that to your taxes. Or like just a basic explainer of a levy for me. <laughs>
2: well, the 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 uh, the levy is the amount of money that the entity uh, gets for one hundred dollars of valuation. So mm-hmm. this is property tax. Yeah, and there's a lot of taxing entities that uh, are paid by property taxes. LPS uh, is somewhere in the sixty percent of the property taxes that we pay here in Lincoln.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, but, but there's there's other entities too. There's Southeast Community College. There's uh, conservation districts, libraries, and all of this, and they all have their own individual levies. The county has a levy, and so uh, whatever that total goes in there, each of those entities has a certain amount that they uh, uh, request from the property taxes, and that's how it gets, and it's based on the value of the of the property.
1: Yep. Okay, so so whenever they talk about what's happening with, with the levy, increase, decrease, staying the same, whatever, that's just saying how much they're going to take out of the property taxes that you pay, or is it increasing or decreasing your property taxes that you pay? Uh, well, it,
2: it depends on oh. whether they raise the levy. Right. And, but the other side of that formula is the valuation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a, a house that's valued on $100, uh, 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 well, let's say $1,000, and the levy is uh, eight per hundred, they'd be getting, what, $10.80. Okay. Uh, but if the valuation goes to $2,000 and they don't change the levy, the actual amount you're paying is doubled.
1: Okay, gotcha. Well, no. good. I've just, I've never known. Yeah. I've never Well, to and, ask. and here's
3: the thing. Most people, when they purchase a home, don't realize this. And even when they're paying property taxes, they don't understand where you get a statement every year right where your property taxes go where how it's broken down where the levies are most people don't go through that so they just kind of pay the taxes and go um but I think it's really important that you do look at that. I've done a couple of shows on that where mm-hmm. you just break those down so we have better understand where our money is going. Like where our property taxes are, where we live, um, we not only pay LPS uh, taxes to them, we also pay Waverly and bond issues as well for Waverly School District. Mm-hmm. So we're paying actually double for a couple of different school districts, which is weird. we kind of in that weird spot on the east side of town. Um but, yeah, it's, uh, it makes a difference. And something like this, like I said, the increase in our property value that they're assessing right now, um, this $0.13 cents will take care of half of that increase that we would have had to have paid. Okay. So that's that's and, and several then, hundred
2: dollars. And then you look at what the property tax credit that comes back from the yep, state. Yep, that's going to be new. Uh, you know, it helps offset this, but... Uh, this uh, this is going to go to a, a similar situation on my chap coming up, and, and and that is that it's incumbent upon us to look at our tax receipts, our receipts from our restaurants, from our stores, and find out really how much they are taking. Right, uh, Doug, or I, I don't want to say taking what they're what they're well, getting.
1: Well, <laughs> no. uh, Doug, you mentioned Waverly yesterday. I, I noticed that Waverly, just like Lincoln, as they as they've talked about. What what we have going on with regards to water and trying to be resourceful with that? Well, Waverly is apparently having some issues with. There's, I think it was over a million gallons a day. They're still being used in Waverly right now. When we had the mayor on a week ago, she talked about how much people have really volunteered. And stepped up to right. following some of those restrictions and the the odd even days, and when people can use stuff, my apartment complex absolutely isn't I can tell you that <laughs> they're 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 watering so much over there that like the water's just rolling through the parking lot like they are definitely not volunteering to slow things down, but Waverly is apparently having having issues up there that that 's really dropping their water level
3: is that part of what um what was it? The, They're asking uh, Lancaster County. Is there a mandatory like water restriction? That's
2: a Lancaster Rural District. Is
3: right? that part of Waverly or not?
2: I don't believe so. I think Waverly has got their own municipal water. Huh. So, but what it does show is that the the water uh, situation is is tight for yeah. all of eastern Nebraska, especially southeast.
1: Here, here I found it. It was is ten eleven. Had it? There's a water emergency declared for the city of Waverly. Hmm. So,
3: Well, in Lincoln, yeah, like the mayor said, I think we dropped when they requested that, they dropped about 30% in usage, right? Something yes. like that number? Yeah. So.
2: Now, I don't know if that was total usage or in, in, in discretional, like water, watering usage. Mm-hmm. Right? right. That's what they're, uh, that's, that's, of course, this time of year, that's the biggest uh, usage of water.
1: Well, there you go. It is that, a. Making
2: uh... coffee at Broadcast House. <laughs> that's actually cut way back for summer.
1: Oh, I know why that's cut back. Um,
2: Jack Jack finished
1: yeah. off our cold brew while you were gone, by the way. Oh, really? And on the very last day, he said, oh, I think I might kind of like this. And he literally got the last cup. <laughs> and he goes, oh, of course I would like it now that it runs out. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to your chaps. You can send those in four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred in the next hour. Don't forget, we've also got Nebraska Sports Council and John Bishop, your morning drive, all of that coming up. A check of sports. Right after this, you're listening to LNK Today with Jack's Friends.
0: Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com.
4: So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's
1: time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Don't forget, coming up in about 30 minutes, we'll get into a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. 402-479-1400 is where you can text those chaps when we get to that time when we get across the top of the hour you can use that same number 402-479-1400 give us a phone call and we'll get you on the air as well to get into those final chaps before the holiday weekend also you can keep the conversation going at facebook.com slash lnk today we've got a post on there as well now despite the weekend events in Russia they are still continuing their attacks on Ukraine <laughs>
6: Rescuers pull a survivor out of the rubble of the Ria Lounge restaurant in Kramatorsk. The downtown shopping and dining area was struck on Tuesday evening as locals tried to enjoy dinner. There's already an overnight curfew, but Russia's threat arrived earlier than usual. Dozens were injured, an eyewitness saying he saw dead people, people screaming, huge chaos. President Zelensky said Russia should face the consequences of its actions, defeat, and a war crimes tribunal. Jonathan Savage,
1: Fox News. Again, thank you to Congressman Don Bacon for popping in yesterday and and explaining a little bit of what the the weekend's events were with that that Wagner group and (laughs) the mercenaries, and then obviously, as you heard there in the soundbite, something he had said yesterday, where uh, does not think that that group's leader, who is off to Belarus... Has long for this world.
3: And that Putin's kind of on a shorter leash, too, yeah, with his what, leadership. What's that was a great interview, and Caleb, thanks for setting that up, because uh, it explained a lot. Go back to the podcast, listen to it mm-hmm. if you didn't get a chance.
1: KLIN.com. Really back here, President Biden hitting the campaign trail for 2024.
6: But the White House is calling a major address in Chicago today as so he takes a harder shift into campaign mode this week. The administration is really leaning into an area that has been a weak spot, and that's the economy. And we're going to hear this term again and again now. Bidenomics. What is Bidenomics? The White House is glad you asked. Uh, They just released this statement. Bidenomics is already delivering for the American people, they say. Our economy
5: has added more than 13 million jobs, including nearly 800,000 manufacturing jobs, and we've unleashed a manufacturing and clean energy boom.
1: Good, bad, otherwise I am tired of hearing the words Bidenomics. I know, it's, it's just, just started
3: caleb i know we just learned about it a couple of days ago i know
1: and it is already i'm just like <laughs> i'm annoyed by it i'm like just just say that this is your plan we don't have to put cute names with it whether we like something or we don't like something and
3: it's, then start touting something as success as a success when you haven't even seen right the, the, it all the, the way through
1: the reason that you put names with something is the so that you can you can tag it to somebody so when you put Bidenomics. <clears throat> Excuse me, when you, when you put Bidenomics, they're trying to put a, well, this is definitely tied to Joe Biden and, and for, for Democrats, they're trying to obviously make that a very positive thing. Okay. If you go back to when we were having all of the, the health care changes under President uh, um, Obama, Obama yeah. you had it tagged as Obamacare. Well, then that became a negative. Especially for a lot of conservatives, of it's Obamacare. It's not. It's not this healthcare act. It's not this thing that maybe might help conservatives. It's tagged as a negative with the name. And I know that that's all. Of that's marketing and that's PR. And I get it. But
3: you know what but, I'm excited about? I'm excited to see how Trump spins this. What's he going to call it? Because he'll come up with something pretty hilarious, I bet.
1: Oh, I bet he will. <laughs> Bidenomics? I haven't heard him say
3: anything yet. Well, but well, when back, he does... Back
1: in 2020, it was more like heidenomics. <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> come out anywhere. Am I Right. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that's terrible. Anyway, as for the GOP campaigns...
6: Five Republican
4: candidates hit the trail in New Hampshire. That includes the top two polling candidates, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, along with former President Trump.
3: He's running on 24, the same thing he ran on in 2016 and didn't bring to fruition.
4: Well, why don't you attack others? Because they're not in second place. But soon, I don't think he'll be in second place. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez was not among the candidates in New Hampshire, but did raise some eyebrows when he was asked during a radio interview about religious persecution. In China.
7: You gave me homework, Hugh. I'll, I'll look at what,
0: uh, what was it? What did you call it? A Weeble?
5: The Uyghurs. <laughs> you really need to know to about the whatever. Uyghurs, Mayor. you uh, got to talk uh, about it every uh, day.
4: Now, Suarez later tweeted that he is well aware of the suffering of the Uyghurs in China. He also claimed he did not recognize the pronunciation that was used in that interview. That was weird.
1: Whoa. That that was weird. <laughs> not a, I didn't understand the pronunciation. Of it. I've kind of only heard the one pronunciation. <laughs> right. Oh, well, but that is the thing when people are running for for the offices like this it's very different than say running for for city council right where it's you you know the issues that impact that city or running for mayor it's you have to know how all the different pieces of the city then work, or you're running for a state legislate running to running to be a state legislator. And, okay, well, now you have to know what impacts your particular district, but also how things impact the entire state. Same thing with being a governor and and how all of those relationships work everywhere else. And it just builds and builds and builds. By the time you get up to where you're running for the president of the United States, you not only have to know, like, at least have an idea of the intricacies of how things work here, you have to have an, an idea of how things work elsewhere. Now, a big part of that is having a really, really good staff around you, and ultimately those that get elected put together a really, really good staff, that's your cabinet, that's everyone else's staff, and just make sure that people can keep you updated on everything that's going on. But before you get to that point in the White House and building all those staffs, you have to probably build a little bit of staff around you right now for the campaign to make sure you know all of those things so that the people go, oh, I can already trust that that guy has an idea of what's going on before he gets there and has to learn while he's in Washington.
3: Well, that's a big expectation, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. every president has messed up somehow. You always hear it; they'll latch onto one thing about some mm-hmm. some foreign, you know, term or policy or whatever, and um, they'll latch onto that. The opposing, you know, party will latch onto it and run with it. So, yeah, you have to have a good a good team, but uh, to know all that stuff would be crazy. But like you said, locally. That, uh, that if you mess up and not you don't know your local, right, You right. know, you're then you're having a big problem.
1: Well, I think that's a big reason why you you've seen so many that do get elected to the presidency have that political background. Yep, they were in Congress. Maybe they were a vice president. They they, they have this background of working in. National politics to where they've had to work internationally, so they already have a basis for all of that. So now we that look works at,
3: we go back to the younger candidates that might play in a you know part a part of that that yeah. are running. Yeah. So
1: um, here's something: it's a little bit strange. They're finding a, a number of dead whales on the west coast.
5: This gray whale near ocean shores is one of four that have washed up in Washington this month, two in the past week or so.
6: These deaths have become common in recent years up and down the coast, from Mexico up to Alaska. Since 2019, dead gray whales have been washing ashore up and down the western
5: coast. In Washington alone, 83 have died in Washington waters, stranding
6: them on our shores. The latest two whales to wash ashore seem to fit the overarching issue. Many of these whales are emaciated, as if they're starving at sea. Hmm. Starving.
1: So, so what, like, what would the reason be? Is it, is it changes in climate? Is that, that changing up how or where their food supply is? Or Are we overfishing in some places? I have none of those answers. No. But if it seems like they're starving, why?
3: maybe they got lost have you ever seen whales in the in, in the in nature like in the ocean like that
1: no i've, I've never it like, is I've...
3: so awesome so you know we travel out to oregon quite a bit and washington state mm-hmm. and um when you're able to see uh whales in the wild like humpbacks are awesome especially like when they have the little ones there you'll be able to see them come up and swim around in different bays it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. so it'd be hard it'd be hard to see them wash up right dead. That would be the hard part.
1: Yeah, I I think that'd be tough anyway. How do you take care of all that? Air quality from Canada's wildfires is worsening in the United States.
4: AirNow.gov categorizing Chicago's air quality as very unhealthy. The hazy air has led to beaches closing. Events like movies in the park at the Museum of Science and Industry being canceled. And CPS moving its summer programs indoors. Even healthy individuals may be experiencing uncomfortable symptoms... Like difficulty breathing, headaches, nausea, sore throat, and burning or itchy eyes.
1: Haven't noticed it too bad around here, at, at least for me, because the Kansas wildfires, for that sure. Was, yeah, like, we was... could feel that impact, um, but it is definitely causing issues elsewhere. As a matter of fact, to the point that. A lot of Democrats are asking for a climate emergency declaration.
4: Some calls from Democrats recently grew louder in the last month when smoke from the Canadian wildfires made some of the air here in D.C. unsafe to breathe. So Congressman Ro Khanna tweeted at the time, Millions of Americans are being exposed to toxic air due to climate change. POTUS should declare a climate emergency. Senate Republicans, though, trying to get ahead of that and put a stop to it. Senator Shelley Moore Capito saying this, The Biden administration is repeatedly governed by executive over." reach when it comes to energy and environmental regulations ignoring the law and doing so without congressional approval these regulations have made us less energy independent led to higher prices for consumers and created uncertainty for employers and workers
1: and I, I, I don't know it, it, it just it the the fires that whether it's a controlled bird in kansas or obviously what's happening with the wildfires in canada and how much that's impacting the health of people elsewhere like that really sucks
3: yeah well it, but it's part of nature too it's just part of part of what happens and uh, we want to blame it on everything that goes on but you know while that's part of nature's replenishing of the whole ecosystem i want so. Kansas
1: to be paying money directly to the city of lincoln i want <laughs> because Kansas, that's not natural i want i want <laughs> canada paying money directly to every city in the united states that's what i want give us what we're due uh fireworks season going on you can already purchase those outside of the city of lincoln as a matter of fact we'll talk a little bit of fireworks tomorrow on the show as well got a guest lined up there uh you cannot purchase inside the city and light those off in the city legally until Uh monday Mm
3: -hmm. yes
1: i've already heard those going off as a matter of fact some of those i did hear going off this morning (laughs) Really? And like you came five in? on the way in. Yeah. I saw the lightning and I was like, okay, maybe that's some thunder. And I went, those are definitely nope. fireworks. Who is up and shooting off those fireworks, by the way, Mark, no, not maybe this, it was Mark. maybe it was Mark, not this house in California. There was an illegal fireworks house essentially raided. This is wild.
6: A large cache of fireworks being sold out of a tent in front of a home, including mortars, pipe-style aerials. There was a constant line of cars driving by the house, says one neighbor, who says he thought it was drugs. But investigators say the danger went beyond what was being sold out of that tent. Inside the garage and the house, they found highly volatile materials to manufacture fireworks. The fireworks here in San Bernardino are being removed in small batches from the house and the neighborhood carried out in individual explosive containers pulled in trucks.
1: 5,000 wow. pounds of fireworks, tubs and tubs of black powder for them to make their own fireworks there right out of that garage. <laughs>
3: they had a good business going there.
1: Braver than me. I'm not going anywhere near that. Uh, there's a major tech merger hearing about to happen.
6: Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella is set to defend his company's proposed $69 billion takeover of video game maker Activision Blizzard during a hearing before a U.S. district judge in San Francisco. It's a deal the FTC wants to block on grounds it would be anti-competitive, but Microsoft argues the opposite, saying the acquisition would actually increase competition, partly by bringing Activision's games like Call of Duty to platforms where they are not a- Available, Carmen Roberts, Fox News.
1: Whenever there's mergers like this, I just hope that, one, yes, obviously there's still enough competition that that the manufacturers, that the publishers still have to try to push those developments further, and it can't just be, well, we have the only game for this niche, so we can just roll it out and people will buy it. That's what you get right now a little bit with Madden, or some of the sports right. games, where it's, you've got EA, and that's it. But I remember growing up you had multiple of the uh, of the college basketball games and you had to have developments going back and forth. Yeah, the college football one that kind of dominated everything, but when you have multiple different publishers and, and businesses working on these, that's where there's the good competition. That's where you see the developments go forward. And obviously I want that price point to stay affordable right. because when again, when you just have the one, they can kind of control that. They can go, this is what we want to charge for it now. When you have multiple of them, they might be in the same ballpark, but someone might go, we understand that our product is not quite up to what they have established. Are you a gamer? Yeah, I very much a enjoy lot, video yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. I've had a, a PlayStation 5, and we just, got a, we just got a Switch a couple of weeks ago. My my wife and my daughter have a switch, so Nintendo Switch. So it's the same family that has like the Wii. Yep. Um, So we've got Mario Kart on there and and Pokemon, and um, my wife really wants the Hogwarts Legacy game on there. So yeah, it's like it's fun. I that's just I grew up playing, especially sports video
3: games. Our son did too. We still got like bunches of uh, consoles of different ones, all the different levels. Mm -hmm. Had to buy the next one.
1: Yeah, always got to get the next one. Right. Uh the five G rollout that is coming up. We've heard about five G for quite a bit for quite a while now, but there's that rollout is coming up with a hard deadline. It's causing issues for for planes
8: starting this saturday wireless networks will be able to boost the power on their 5g towers near airports and airplanes will be required to have updated equipment to make sure those 5g
6: signals don't interfere with their ability to land in bad weather conditions if a plane doesn't have that updated equipment they won't be allowed to land in low visibility
8: conditions. Right now, the transportation department says this new rule will impact around
6: 20% of domestic aircraft and nearly a third of international planes flying to the US. And if there's bad weather, that could lead to even more delays and cancellations.
1: And you talk low visibility conditions, You have that right now because of those wildfires out of Canada. (laughs) That's right. That's a thing that's happening right now. And going into this weekend, you are going to have so many people lighting off fireworks. And we see what that haze looks like. So right away, but low visibility conditions. It's not a low-hanging cloud. Like, you immediately have this. Canada, start paying us money. Uh, There's some new pizza rules in new york city did you hear about this one under these new new york city proposed rules any restaurant that purchased a coal or wood powered oven before 2016 would have to attempt to reduce emissions by 75 and that could include purchasing a filter that's up to twenty thousand dollars in an estimated cost that's something that pizza shop owners are very concerned about they're also worried about potential impacts on the taste of their pizza you got
3: what? Do you got wildfires now? You got you, you got got smoke. You got pizza. We got the emissions burning. out of the pizza the ovens.
1: Last one, will we'll, we'll squeeze in right here. Wheel of Fortune has got a new host. Yes, and he's kind of doing everything anyway. Ryan Seacrest saying on Instagram quote I am truly humbled to be stepping into the footsteps of the legendary Pat Sajak. I can't wait to continue the tradition of spinning the wheel and working alongside the great Vanna White. So his new gig comes just months after leaving Live with Kelly and Ryan after six years where he had great success, ratings including 29 straight weeks as TV's number one syndicated talk show. He expects to continue his other work as host of American Idol, a New Year's Eve special, On Air with Ryan Seacrest, American Top Forty and his morning show on LA's Kiss FM radio. <laughs> maybe find someone else who's not as busy. Someone else that like that's just their thing. You know, Pat's daughter mm-hmm. had been doing some work
3: for Vanna. So maybe when Vanna retires, I'm assuming that they, Pat's daughter is going to take. They keep over a say Jack,
1: on the show. Yeah, I don't think that'd be a bad idea. Six fifty five. We'll talk with a cop next on KLIN. When you're
0: they done it, and now LPT
1: needs your help crime stoppers on lnk today bad boys, bad boys, bad boys. joined in studio by officer chad you guys haven't gone and found a, uh, a fireworks house with five thousand pounds have you
7: i know but that would be quite the kerfuffle if we did wouldn't it,
1: it would it yes, would no. um what, what's anything close to that like what does this weekend look like for for you guys
7: Well, the the weekend should be fairly quiet. Monday and Tuesday, you know, they're going to be a little flabbergasted trying to keep up with all the calls they're going to get about fireworks. Um, Just a friendly reminder, fireworks are permissible to be used 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. on the 3rd and 8 a.m. until 11.59 on the 4th. Bottle rockets, not legal. Sky lanterns, not legal. Just about everything else, even artillery shells for the most part, are are legal and okay to use. Just be respectful with your neighbor. That's mm-hmm. all we ask. Um if you can sort things out on on your own with your neighbors and not get into too big a kerfluffle before you have to call us, that'd be great.
1: All right. Well, all right. I'm trying to use that word a lot, apparently, in here, and it's got me feeling flabbergasted. Well, so I don't I, know where... are do, do what are you? Can. What are you guys working on right now before <laughs> we get through the weekend where inevitably it's a holiday weekend and we'll get some crazy stuff come out?
7: Well, like always, we have some fraud alerts going on. Uh, the mail-in, the very top story this week, fraud alert, uh, suspected using numerous credit cards throughout Lincoln. Uh, he's gotten away with thousands of dollars in fraudulent and bogus charges of several different victims. Uh, we have a decent picture of him at a few checkouts, and if you look really closely at the picture, that's got a circle around him, he's got some uh, pretty distinct markings on his hands, and we've also got a good shot of his his actual vehicle. It looks like a gray Dodge Durango, maybe a um one of the RTs, the really hot rodded mm-hmm. Durangos. Yeah. And the next one we have is Best Buy walkout. Um, I got a. You gotta give this guy an A for style. <laughs> he just walks in, grabs a computer tower, and walks right out. About thirteen hundred dollars. Okay. Takes off in a looks kinda like a maybe a Ford Explorer, a black one, but he gets away with a thirteen hundred dollar computer. Wow. I didn't even know towers were worth that anymore.
1: That everything is worth that now. Everything yeah, is expensive.
7: It's flabbergasting how much computers are worth. I'm isn't? gonna
1: cause a kerfuffle
7: i like it i like it
1: <laughs> uh if you guys can help out get a, get in touch with Crime Stoppers, officer chad thanks we'll talk again next week before jack comes back
7: sounds good thanks guys
1: what out your hide wednesday just around the corner here send them in 402-479-1400 we'll get a check of fox news mark vale just on the other side as well it's seven o'clock here on lnk today
4: don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket
5: Time saver traffic.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K today with Jack and friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3
1: KLIN. We're in on a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Caleb Henry, Doug Fitzgerald, and Mark Vale. So if you've got it where you're feeling like, yeah, that's kind of irritating to me, maybe other people can relate. Well, you don't need to burden everyone in your social circle with that, your family, your friends, your pets, whatever. Tell us. We'll tell our co-workers. That's how this works, because we're all in here. Don't tell yours. <laughs> no, they're actually going to tell the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that that's right. how all of this will work here. 402 479 Fourteen hundred is the phone number to get in. It's also the text line if you don't want to talk on the air and we'll get to all of those chaps. We've got the Facebook page going, Facebook.com slash LNK today. We've got several on the text line, one on the Facebook page, but we gotta start with our caller. Number one, Debbie. First up here. Debbie, welcome into a What Chaps Your Hard Wednesday.
6: Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. You know what chaps my hide? because I was just trying to do this yesterday. The salt that goes in your water softener, those <laughs> bags are 50 pounds. That might not be anything for you to worry about because, you know, Caleb, you're big chapping big, big, strong man. You could do that. <laughs> but some of us are not that size, and these you know, the softener itself is probably four foot tall. Where you have to lift the bag up and pour it in there. And I have tried where you open the top and maybe scoop some out, but that is just as frustrating as half of it gets on the floor when you do that. So that's my hide chapter today is the 50 pounds. That's just unreal i don't know why they can't sell it in 25 pounds or even 40 pounds you know anything even a 10 pound difference so
1: debbie I, i've seen you in person and you don't look like somebody who should have any issues picking up 50 pounds <laughs>
6: <laughs> 40 i can do pretty well man. 50 is a net, an extra 10 that's hard it really is because then you have to you have to kind of hold it with one arm while you cut it open with the other you know other hand it's just a pain it's just very very difficult to do so
3: debbie i have to buy i have to i have to buy them in twos to keep me balanced when i'm trying to carry them down the stairs you know those handles if because you just have one (laughs) like you're like way off kilter got to do two
6: well, Doug, if you can do two, that means you're carrying 100 pounds. Well, I'm fresh. Not barely. It's like dragging, <laughs> like a caveman. Yeah, um, but you know what I'm talking about. They're not. Yeah. They're 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 really not user friendly by any means.
1: We got so. you down, Debbie. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah. I I, I hear it done.
2: <laughs> I have I'm, I have a lease on my softener, so the salt is delivered. I don't have to carry it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to carry it down. So that's good
1: there you go well well here's the thing even if you did have to carry it anywhere you would just call me or kellen to come do it for you not necessary (laughs) not always Not always. on the uh facebook page joy says parents who don't teach their kids manners Uh, yeah okay i'm always interested to know like in what situation that is
2: yeah there's a backstory there somewhere
1: (laughs) somewhere (laughs) yeah Uh, looking at the text line, OG Stevens says a city this size has gravel roads in the center of town that you have inconsequential side streets with traffic lights that change and block main arterials like 33rd and 40th Street. 33rd
2: and 40th. wonder where he's referring.
1: Well, I know 33rd has got a light down here.
2: That's I- right. Yeah, you're right. 33rd, as a matter of fact 33rd no
1: yeah 33rd no and, and i think that's what he was talking about that but that
2: 40th is just a um but well, you can turn right on 40th if you're northbound
1: mm-hmm. yeah if you get far enough over on 40th i think you run into some lights over near like a yes you do so but well, yeah and for, randolph and- but but for for like 33rd and oh i utilize that light to to turn south because we'll head across town on 33rd or we'll go to some parks, and that's just the way the like Woods Park is just right over there. So we'll we'll take advantage of that one. Uh, David east of Denton says, "Well, this actually isn't David east of Denton. Sorry, this uh, this comes in from Vladimir east of Gorky Park, <laughs> paying good money for an army of mercenaries just to have them turn on me. Worse, can't reach a real person on their customer service line. That's mm. my best Russian." <laughs> Vodka. I don't know. There we go. Midtown Day. Was it better than Jack's, at least? I've never heard his Russian. It still sounds like he's trying to do an Irish accent. (laughs)
2: Okay. That I can (laughs) play.
1: That I can play. Every accent except for Bernie or Leo the Lion sounds like he's just trying to do an Irish accent.
2: Except when it's kind of an Australian-Irish
1: accent. Um, The only other phrase that he can do where it doesn't sound like it's an Irish-Australian, is when he does his British, Ladies and gentlemen, the Bills Yeah, that's right. That's, that's just about it. Midtown Dave says, The mileage number advertised on new car tires, such as saying 65,000, never have I got 65,000 <laughs> miles on a set of car tires. Change your driving habits. It'll help. Don't squeal them as much? That's right. Uh, Vicky goes with, when I open a tube of cinnamon rolls, try to pull them apart and then they won't stay together. I have to unroll them, then roll them back up and put them on the pan.
2: This must be the ones that you, uh, you know, in the dairy section mm-hmm. where you're in the tube and you yep. bake them. Yeah.
1: My wife will not open any of those tubes. Like even if we do just little crescent rolls, I have to open it and I have to roll them because she, she will like fight that tube and it will not open and <laughs> pop for her. <laughs> And, and you, then when it does, it's like a jump scare. Yeah.
2: You know, you, if you peel the paper off, it's it's not too bad. You just you know. smack it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. But you guys say that you had a, a couple of them. Mark, Mark, what were you working on? Well, uh, the first one is
2: are people that are in the front position when they get a on a left turn and they've got a, a light. Okay. And they're not paying attention. Yeah. And you get the green arrow or even the flashing yellow left turn mm-hmm. and there's nobody coming and they sit there. <laughs> Because they're not paying attention and you're the third car back. And it should be one of these lights where you get about 10 cars through your third car back. You don't make it through because they're not paying attention. They're sitting there playing with their whatever phone, whatever, <laughs> hopefully. I, I don't know. And you know, that just chaps me uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Cause then you sit through another cycle and they're long gone. Thinking they have just you know taken on the world and won
1: because that's always what what'll always happen with that is you'll be yeah because you're second in line and second, they,
2: second or third
1: well e- even if you're second in line and you should be able to get five six cars through there right they notice just in time to squeak through that right. intersection yes just enough that you're like well if I go now I am deliberately late yes yeah
2: <laughs> and and so you know just if if you're in those situations. Just pay attention when the light turns, especially on a green arrow that's protected. Move it, mm-hmm. especially on those like we've got out here at Forty Fourth and O to turn south. That it's you know it's measured in nanoseconds for the <laughs> left turn on green. You know, and
1: if you blink, you may miss it anyway. That's right. Even if you are paying. So attention. so if that's you that accidentally
3: you know forgets to turn on the light, which has happened to me before, and you get honked at, do you get? Is it okay to honk then, for, for the
1: person behind you to honk? Yeah, yeah Can because they honk? because there's, to me, there's a couple different situations of honking. There's I'm really pissed and I'm honking, and there are times where it's you just give like a little quick one, the and beep. it's it's just a little attention. Yeah, getter. yeah. When you're laying on it and you've got an arm out the window <laughs> doing stuff with your hands, that's a little bit excessive, but. If it's just to get somebody's attention, I'll hate that. I'll, I'll just, like, just give just a little beep. A little beep? Just a little beep just to be like, hey, I can see through your window that you're not even looking up.
3: Are you, you a honker, Mark? Know?
1: Not usually. No, I try not to. I very much you try sit not there and to. Wait and wait but, but should I, I? But if I can see. I want them to be, I, feel bad about it. I need them to move for me to get through this light. Otherwise, we're all just hanging out. And then, like Mark said, they're going to be long gone. Just a little beep. But then all of a sudden I get the bird out the window and I'm like, yo, dude, you weren't you were the one not paying attention. Like, why is this on me? What what am I doing here?
2: The other one, and I'm not going to name the locate the uh the actual business but, okay. uh, out for breakfast recently and uh was noticing the receipt when they brought the the, uh, the ticket.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, is and, this why you were saying earlier? Not just with tax, with your with right, your tax valuations right. to, to check the receipts. Yeah,
2: check the receipt, and and uh, it was a breakfast, so it was a cash transaction. You know, no big deal. But I looked at the uh, the the check and or the little printout, and there's a thing called a convenience fee. And I'm going um, looked at the the menu and didn't see any disclosure there, and what the convenience fee was and so i asked and they said oh that's that's to cover our credit card costs well okay but then disclose it mm-hmm. so i said well we're paying cash she said okay and that was it we paid the convenience fee
1: you paid the convenience fee for their use of cards when you paid cash
2: yeah now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> disclose the name of the business because you know it's they, and they've got every right to do it, but mm. I think something like that should be uh, disclosed a little more discreetly or simply put on your menu or, or on, the, on the, the ticket that if you're using a credit card, there is a convenience mm-hmm. fee added. Yeah. But don't just put it on there and collect it regardless. Yeah. So Interesting. And, and I'm, kind of, I'm kind of that way with a lot of receipts. I wish we'd get them on, on when we fuel up a vehicle. I wish there was a complete uh, delineation of all of the taxes that are on uh, price of a gallon. Oh, a, fuel. Full, a full breakdown. A full breakdown: state, federal, any local taxes, sales mm. taxes if it's applicable. And I, I, think that's the way it should be. Uh, I mean, we've got you know we've got the arena tax for some entities here in Lincoln. We've got occupation taxes.
1: Like and, you go fill up, you go fill up ten gallons, and it says on there. Well, there's there's this half cent sales tax and so you're like okay oh, it's, well
2: it's a gas tax and that well, case.
1: well yeah, yeah yeah but but or yeah half cent gas tax and you fill up 10 gallons and then all of a sudden that's that's what five cents but so so it just lists five cents on there specifically for where it's going
2: right and so what you're looking at is the price of fuel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you get i mean we talk about fuel being what three thirty nine nine but the actual cost of the fuel is probably in the two eighty yep. range yep Everything else is taxes. Mm-hmm. So
1: interesting. I had one yesterday, and as soon as it happened, I went. I have to remember this for chaps. So there are times, all of us, no matter how safe we are, there are times we are in the wrong on the road. It happens. Yep. I was I was pulling out of the Walgreens parking lot onto Forty Eighth. So I'm going to turn right. Well, if there are a lot of cars coming, it's just like okay, kind of pick and choose your moment. But people getting into that right lane, a lot of them, if they have their blinker on before they get to where would be the turn into Walgreens, that blinker is on, they're turning into that parking lot, whether it's to go to to Walgreens, that bank that's over there, runs or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're turning into there. Well, someone's got their blinker on, and they're coming, and I can see that they're going to turn, so I kind of move my car forward a little bit, and they are still going hot, so I stop, and I'm like, I'm not even out into the lane. And I start doing this where you kind of pat your chest. You see it a lot. I I guess I take it from sports a lot where like it's the bad. it's the my bad yeah. signal and me just going my bad. Your signal is on, but you're you're clearly going to turn at the light. My bad. What do I see coming at me? Two birds hanging out the front, and then as soon as they go by, birds out the window, and I'm just like, guys, like I you can see me too. Going that's my bad. I'm not even out into the street here. Like, there was zero cause for anyone to be, like, at that moment, I went, I know this is my fault for the little that we all may have just went, that could have been an accident. I already already claimed responsibility for it. I don't need four birds in the matter of two and a (laughs) half seconds, because you guys are upset that somebody may pull out in front of you when you had your signal on for a block and a half. When there are multiple other places you could have been turning, don't put your signal on until you're going to actually turn. Until you're coming up to signal, I'm changing a lane, or I'm going to turn at the next available opportunity.
2: One of my trainers uh, when I was driving motor coach uh, had some, some great advice that I've taken to Art ever since. Regardless of whether there's a blinker or not, don't anticipate anyone making a mm-hmm. turn until you see their front tires turn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well and then that's why I was trying to watch their speed coming in too. Oh yeah, if, you, that's, that's if you can tell somebody's slowing down, it's like okay, they're slowing down. They're going here. I was like, all right, let's start to maybe get a jump into. I've got, I've got a window of availability here. <laughs> nope, they are still going fast. My bad. Oh, bir- bird's out the window. That's definitely my bad. Thank you, everybody. Uh, back to the text line. Moshpit. Chad says finding out one of the new guys in our department has been stealing sales leads for the last couple weeks. Oh. dishonest people are the worst. Ouch. Okay. Jamilee says property taxes? We've talked quite a bit about those this morning.
2: Yeah, and I I posted a uh, an update on uh, KLIN.com on uh, the LPS budget process
1: mm-hmm. because
2: the uh, public forums get underway today. And so I've got that, that Oh, okay. Out. so anybody that's interested in that portion of property taxes, you you can uh, go to KLIN.com and and get those. Um, first one I believe is at Northeast this afternoon at 5
1: okay well we got a uh, phone call because i cannot answer the phones directly we'll just take it online what chaps you're hiding who's this hey guys it's scott not molly hey scott how's it going uh, i i'm wondering if we could teach people in this town how to drift <laughs> because i'm having problems with the exact opposite if you are taking a left turn and I can either undercut you or shoot over you and beat you out of that turn, you are going way too slow. (laughs) Same thing if you're making a right turn. There is no stop sign involved. You do not have to reduce your speed to two miles an hour to make a right turn. (laughs) People in this town need to learn how to drift, not motorcycles, though. We do enough of that already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. I think it, it could just be more of just general learning to drive.
2: Uh, well, and, and learning and then executing a little more, um, uh, I don't want to say legally, but that's kind of the way it is. Right. Uh, l- a little more common sense, which unfortunately isn't so common anymore.
1: <laughs> One more on the text line. Todd says, slower driver staying in the left lane on the interstate, not merging to the right.
2: Oh, yeah. And especially, here's here's the best one I, I've I've heard in a long time. If you're passed on the right on the interstate or you on should, any...
1: You should feel bad. You should feel bad and you need to get your carcass over. <laughs> you're bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> All right. Well, there's your chaps. You can keep that conversation going. Keep texting in if you want the uh, 402. Why was I about to say 308? 402 479 1400 and as well on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today. It's 725 on LNK today. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by
5: 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our US based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's time to count them down The five things you'll be talking about today This is the Morning Drive Presented by Stonebridge Insurance And Wealth Management On 1499.3 KLIN
1: Plenty to get to this morning So let's start right in
0: Number 5 LPS Board of
2: Education held a work session Yesterday got their first look 23-24 preliminary proposed budget Uh, Dr. Liz Standish uh, Made the presentation uh, it is a total budget increase of 4.8 percent, but because of changes in valuations, increases in valuations, changes in state uh, education reimbursement, uh, both uh, reduced student aid, but also an increase in special ed aid from the state. There's a lot of moving parts to this, but uh, here's here's a couple of bottom lines. They're initially believing that they can get uh, a 13 cent. reduction in the lps levy on property taxes okay that's the initial one uh the increase 4.8 percent overall reminder we're opening a new high school this year so that's coming on in operating budget for the first time uh there was a 3.65 percent increase in the negotiated compensation agreements with the uh, teachers and with other employees uh but there's also a bunch of other uh things that are, that are now involved uh adding a coach for wrestling
1: girls uh, wrestling girls in wrestling. particular
2: well actually they had had uh, one wrestling coach hired last year for girls and boys but when they had meets at two different locations that didn't work so mm-hmm. now they were adding another coach for that situation uh they're looking at reorganizing district level administrators Uh, Finishing opening Northwest High School. You know, they're adding the seniors now. So there'll be some increase in staff there. Other things, um, you know, fuel costs. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did highlight, though, and gave an example in the presentation last night, how the bond proposal and some of the environmental things that they've done, they're actually reducing energy costs at one middle school by over $100,000. Oh, wow. Uh, And so those are the types of things that all go into this process biggest thing is the reduction in the levy but the next biggest thing is the public's invited to participate in some public forums mm-hmm. they begin this afternoon 5 p.m northeast high school cafeteria tomorrow at 5 at east high school also tomorrow there's a public online virtual via zoom uh, uh, presentation including q a and that's at noon you go to lps.org and get the link to that at noon tomorrow then there'll be uh some in july as well but We've got all of this posted at KLIN.com and the links to the LPS site. A lot of money, $514 million in the budget. And but, but you know, two, how,
1: go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say two big things that I really like. One, finding a way to to lower those costs with lowering that levy. And Anytime organizations can do that and still say, we're doing well, that I think that, that helps build a mutual trust and respect in the community when it's not just all constantly going up. It still might not be where everybody wants it to be, but when right. it's not always going up, I think that's helpful. But also the transparency of having these forums. That right. is to me is a big, big deal of being able to have to welcome people in to say, This is what's going on, what do you have for questions? We'll work on answering those.
3: Yeah. You know, practically speaking, and, and Caleb along that same line, it's encouraging because thirteen cents doesn't sound like a lot. But as a property owner for all of us, I was doing some basic, just basic math off the top of my head here. Our property taxes, or our assessment this year, went up 11% on our property. But um, this 13% would basically, or excuse me, 13 cents per hundred would basically take care of half or reduce half of what that uh, assessment value on top that they added on uh, would be taxed. So it's, a, it's it's pretty significant. And on top of that, going back to what you said, Caleb, is it makes me feel a lot better as a property owner knowing that the leaders in our city are, you know, really taking serious um, handling funds correctly and understanding that property owners, these assessments that came out shocked a, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. and They're
2: looking at, an, uh, at a district average of a 22% increase yeah. in valuations. They won't get the certified numbers until August after this protest is done, but you're right. Uh, yours went up, what did you say, 11%? Ours
3: went up 11%, but last year it went up another like 8 or 9%. So we're looking at over 20% just in two years.
2: And there's some in the city that have reported over 50% yeah, in wow. valuation. So.
3: so that 13 cents is a good deal. Um, but, but like you said, Caleb, too, knowing that our leaders are, you know, probably personally <laughs> hit getting hit as well with property tax assessments and and those increasing that they're taking that serious so
2: yeah the indoor quality projects that i mentioned you know uh, over 100,000 i just found the number past bond referendums they've done this indoor quality, air quality project it's reducing energy costs for the district this coming year $148,100 mm. wow and when you consider energy costs keep going up and up and you can uh, de- reduce it by those types of improvements that gives me some uh better feelings about trying to be good stewards of funding mm-hmm.
1: but but to get to that to do those projects it costs money to do those projects correct to get to the point where you can make savings down the road
2: correct so, all but, right uh, com. we've got the, the links to it there's a lot of information there's a can, lot there but these public forums and you know this this is the type of uh, story that is a lot deeper that we can get into even in a two three four minute discussion here
1: <laughs> we, we might have to take an entire show just to dig into all of that, uh, re- that realistically but even then
2: that's not enough
1: yeah there's so much there's really intricate so uh, encourage you to visit klin.com and, and go check out all the details on there and of course get to those forums that first one coming up this afternoon five o'clock at northeast high school's cafeteria
0: Number four.
2: Well, yesterday we talked about the uh, what was it, four hundred five million in broadband yes. for the state, and, and uh, I believe you talked to Congress. Well, I know you did. Yep. With Congressman yep. He Bacon about his, it.
1: Talked about well, it a little
2: bit later yesterday. Uh, Governor Pillen announced the appointment of Patrick Haggerty as the state's first broadband director. He'll lead the Nebraska Broadband Office. It was established by Executive Order twenty three 2 and LB six eighty three, which is going to coordinate broadband development and deployment around the state so a lot of activity a lot of action underway on getting broadband expanded in the state of Nebraska
1: do we have an idea of what the obviously we were able to get the announcements this week we talked with congressman yesterday and you have the announcement of someone who's going to be that director what does that look like or or do we have an idea of a timeline for for any of this when does stuff start when can counties expect to get any changes? When can people, especially out west, expect any changes?
2: Well, I don't think we've seen an official timeline, but several projects are already underway. There were some things uh, funded by ARPA funds that mm-hmm. were discretionary. the Lancaster County uh, Board of Commissioners approved some broadband expansion in the county. Public Service Commission announced, I believe it was yesterday or Monday, the approval of uh, like sixty some million dollars in projects in rural areas. Again, funding from mm-hmm. other sources. So. Uh, Things are, are already in the process, but the, the coordination through this new office should help uh, coordinate and, and make sure that the deployment gets done in a timely and efficient manner. That would be, at least that's my understanding of the goal of that position. And it was both uh, uh, put forward by the governor and the legislature. They all approved it. Good. Because uh, this is such a, a very important, uh, especially in areas that, that we've talked about before, education, uh, medical care, uh, agriculture, uh, manufacturing in these rural areas—it's uh, just something that you know. Ten years ago, we really didn't think much about it, but now it's such a uh, an integral part of what we do every day. We just got to consider this as the way to go. Well,
1: that, that was one of the things that I asked the congressman yesterday: was if if his colleagues in, <laughs> there in Washington understand just how advanced technically agriculture is now and and he said they don't No, they just they don't
2: and and it ties into so many areas other than just technology i mean you look at 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 climate issues and and water issues irrigation how technology is so involved in, in monitoring those types of things all types of things not just not just agriculture but mm-hmm. communities uh, across the state.
1: Absolutely. So,
2: a uh, big step forward in these areas. Uh the 405 million by the way came from the uh infrastructure bill that uh, Congressman Bacon Bacon and Senator Fisher supported Correct. in the first year of the Biden administration. Correct. Yeah. Number 3. Lancaster County Board of Commissioners approved a new benefit allows covered county employees to use 6 weeks of Paid leave following the birth of a child, or when a child is in the process of being adopted or coming into foster care, with an employee. So this kind of follows what the City of Lincoln did uh, not too long ago.
1: And you're seeing the petition drive not not for this, but it's it's for for sick leave in that's, general.
2: That's paid sick, yeah,
1: leave. paid sick leave. So you're seeing a lot more of this come across from the public sector. You're seeing people trying to talk about the the sick leave and those things. This this to me. Leads to to something a, a little bit different. That when you are looking at the the trends for different generations, and I know my generation as millennials, it's it's been said that we job hop way more than our than than Gen X did, and and uh, certainly a lot more than uh, than Boomers did. I think part of what that is is there are a lot of folks in my generation looking more for where these types of benefits are from companies or from if it is the public sector than they are for higher salaries or for long term stability with certain places. Uh, when you have a Board of Commissioners go and, and add that benefit for six weeks paid leave, that's a, that's a big deal at, at not only bringing in employees but retaining them as well.
3: And younger employees too. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I was surprised that the county didn't already have this in place. Um, especially for for this, so, and I, I love knowing that they're also taking care of adoptions and foster care. That uh, that's a that's a huge benefit to families that are, you know, trying to, to meet needs of people in our community. So,
1: how how, Mark, just just on your your years of wisdom, how many, how common was something like this, thirty years ago? It wasn't. Like, like, when did this really start to pop up that places saying we, sh- we should take advantage of the immediate after there's there's a baby born and it's not just, well, somebody's going to be gone a couple of weeks? Well,
2: it really started, uh, if, if I recall my history correctly, with the Family Medical Leave Act that was passed uh, 20 years ago, probably. But that was allowed for maternity leave and that type of thing uh, after your, you know, if, if you had any earned sick time or vacation mm-hmm. time, you had to take all of that. And then you could get up to X number of weeks unpaid. Right. So this is just kind of a, a metamorphosis of, of those programs. It's uh, been coming in and developing over the course of the past probably 20 plus years. Okay. But uh, to, to mandate or to offer paid leave on things like this, you got to get into the details. Does that... Are you required to, to exhaust all of your vacation and sick leave first mm-hmm. or is this a separate entity and, and you'd have to look into those each individual plans so, right um, the paid sick uh, paid leave for this type of thing is fairly new in in the historical perspective of what uh, okay paid leave was
1: yeah well thank you for that uh that refresher
2: a historical perspective number two Quinn Clark committed yesterday to the Huskers, 2024 receiver legacy prospect from Bozeman, Montana. I'll let you uh, go to all the details because it sounds like he's uh, quite a uh, quite a receiver.
1: Well, he he wants to fulfill that dream of playing where dad played. And yeah, that's the former Nebraska IBAC Ken Clark who had played here. So when you get some of these legacies, we've we've talked about that a little bit on on these on this recruiting that you get somebody who they missed out on Dylan Riolà, right? Right. But if you can get some guys who they grew up loving the Huskers, they, there's a little bit different there. There's some, there might be a a four star who fell in love with Nebraska, and there might be a three star who grew up loving Nebraska. Maybe the talent level is not quite the same. Maybe the drive is just is, is so much is more is immensely higher for that person. Who is rated a little bit lower? We'll have to see with this one. That now makes three wide receivers in this class. They've got twenty in the class. They're sixteenth nationally, fifth in the Big Ten right now, according to twenty four seven composite rankings. Uh, the three wide receivers. The other two, by the way, are up at Bellevue West, and we just got those commitments last Friday or over the weekend. So, so what you've that? got a class really, really coming together quickly. But it is nice when you can get some of those guys and go, "Oh, I remember his dad here."
3: Right, right. That's cool. Um, so Daniel Kalin, right? Yep, so that's he a quarterback comes in, up at B-West. And when he switched from Missouri to Nebraska, I've heard mm-hmm. that he's had a huge impact on recruitment of these receivers, running backs. Is that true? Or? Yes.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things, and that's quarterbacks in any class that, that you've seen. It really develop over the last several years with social media peer recruiting, mm-hmm. as soon as they have a quarterback in that class, that becomes a little bit of the face of that class. Now You still have some really good guys in that 2024 class, don't get me wrong, but the quarterback, and especially when you look at offensive guys, they go, that's most likely the guy I will play with at some right. point.
3: Right.
1: Who's going to be throwing me the ball? Who's going to be making sure I get, set, I get lined up correctly? Who am I running through plays with at 2 o'clock on a Sunday in the middle of summer, just trying to make sure we're good for when we get to the fall. And that's where you see a lot of these quarterbacks with their peer recruiting. Did they have Dan- a lot
3: of relationship before this? You know, before the recruitments, like through camps and that well, type of thing? For,
1: well, Usually, for Daniel Kalin, he's got two of his receivers on his, own team. on his own team. yeah. So they're already teammates, but for a lot of these guys, you'll see them at camps. You, you might, might see them at some camps going around, but a lot of it is you just connect on social media. You Or you have official visits or unofficial visits around the same time and you would just make those connections you build those bonds and have that trust of oh I really like this guy as a person I see what he can do athletically and then you build it from there and that's how you see a lot of programs really build that foundation for what that class is before they ever even get to campus they're still a year out from before they can even sign anything. But
3: well, have we seen anything or like we even this get here publicly before this? Though it seems like there's a lot more yeah. focus with Daniel. Yeah. Like they're going, all right. Now we're actually seeing well, a team I, form.
1: I think the big thing that we're seeing right now with with Daniel Kalen is because it's in state, and we're seeing and we're seeing, and we're seeing that run of in state guys. And, and to get three guys from the same team in the same class out of Omaha, that's just not something that's typical. Right now, so I think, and we'll be able to watch them the next year. That'll be kind of cool. The high school level. Yeah, they don't play in Lincoln at all. By the way, if you're looking for Bellevue West schedule, they right. don't even play a Lincoln school. Really, and, and unless they match up in the playoffs or they make it to Memorial Stadium for the title game, you're going to have to travel somewhere else yep. <laughs> outside of the city to to see those Bellevue probably, West guys. They'll
3: probably get. Quite a bump in attendance, I would assume. Yeah, I would they'll, think they'll be some enjoy people that. they there kind of watching, and
1: but but strictly strictly speaking, about why it feels like such a big deal now is because it's an in-state guy mm-hmm. that's doing it. Yeah. Other quarterbacks have come from outside of the class, or Nebraska has just had established quarterbacks for a while, or. The last couple have been transfer guys yeah. that have come in that you already expected they were going to come in. They weren't exactly doing a lot of peer recruiting with other 17, 18-year-olds. That's the part that makes this one just feel a little bit. And it's a new coaching staff, so everything feels new and fresh.
0: Number one. For the
2: July weekend, uh, celebrations, food spending, 87% of Americans plan to celebrate. $9.5 to be spent on food, and our good friends at uh, Wallet, Hub Wallet Hub put together the 2023 best and worst places for the 4th of July celebrations. They compared the largest 100 cities with events, Los Angeles number one, Lincoln number 63, Omaha number 79. $9.5 billion on food, $150 million hot dogs to be eaten. $3 billion dollars to spend on July beer and wine and 2.7 billion estimated to be spent on fireworks last year more this year
1: well I disagree with that ranking I think the number one place in America to be for 4th of July celebrations is Oak Lake Park on July 3rd for the Uncle Sam Jam because <laughs> you got music from all of us here at Broadcast House and they will be on our stations as well and it's free you can find that information at KLIN.com by the way <laughs> That's that's your Morning Drive, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Coming up on 8 o'clock here on LNK Today with Jack's Friends. When you're... Live from
0: the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends. On the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: 8 o'clock hour, Caleb Henry, Doug Fitzgerald in as Jack Mitchell's vacation continues. He will be back in a week and a day, next Thursday. But because he's gone, that means we get to bring in a few different people. And of course, we got to talk with our friends of the Nebraska Sports Council ahead of the Cornhusker State Games, which do begin in a week and a half. And we've got Director of Events Luke Miska in studio with us right now. Luke, how's it going? It's great. I really appreciate you guys having me. How are you, before we talk about the the Cornhusker State games, just a background on you is you're just getting into this little adult world on things that are going on <laughs> and, and it and you are jumping in to something that is busy, busy.
8: Yeah, no, you are 100% right. Uh, just graduated in May and now we're diving headfirst into the Cornhusker State games, so it's been a crazy couple months.
1: And at least you were at you were at Wesleyan, so it's not like you were forever away and then coming here trying to learn what's happening in Lincoln.
8: Yeah, that's true. Uh I'm only from Council Bluffs, but it, it feels like a world away.
1: Yeah, it, sometimes it does feel like when you go across that bridge, it feels like entering a whole different world. <laughs> that's, that, that's Iowa. Uh, so you've got, as Cornhusker State games coming up, and the torch run, that's always that's always an interesting one as it tries to go across the state, hit all 93 counties. What did that look like this year? And I believe it's supposed to end today.
8: It is. It is supposed to end today. Um, for those four regions, today was the final deadline to get that run in. Um was all virtual this year. So a little bit different than in the past, but we had a good turnout and I think it it went well. So we were glad to continue the tradition.
1: So how did that work virtual? Were people just live streaming while they did it? Was it just posting a picture? How did that work?
8: So the the cool part was people could kind of make it their own. So um, some people sent in pictures, some people sent in videos, stories, just kind of whatever they wanted to do
1: got the opening night so the torch run's supposed to end today opening night is not until July 6th so that's next week that's what friday thursday next week look at the calendar thursday. thursday thursday next week outside of pinnacle bank arena they'll do the lighting what what's all what's all planned for for the opening night
8: yeah so we have a a little made for tv uh sort of torch lighting um we're going to have some husker athletes down there to to do an autograph session um we're going to have some
1: free ice cream so it should be all in all a pretty good time. Seven thirty to nine will be the lighting of the cauldron in front of the Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, Eight o'clock is was when that lighting will actually happen. What kind of is you have those Husker athletes there, folks getting autographs? So they can't just get anything autographed, right? There's a few different limits on that. As far as I know you can get whatever you want autographed so bring some cool stuff. Uh and the recommendations shirt and ball cap a a, a photo and then maybe a, a baseball or a softball volleyball that 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 they bring depending on the sport it'd be helpful cuz yeah. we're, we're not going to go up and ask I'm not saying he's there but Jeff Sims to sign a baseball. Yeah, he's going to be your football guy. Yeah, so, that's, so, that's fair. So you go through on that. <laughs> um, as you get into all of the different sports, I know a, exactly a week ago was when the registration stopped to get the T-shirt. Can people still, even though we're only 10-ish days out from the start, can they still register for anything? Or, uh, absolutely,
8: or? yeah. We we hope people do. Um, you, the only thing you're not going to get is that that free T-shirt, but every single sport, as of right now, it's still open for registration, so we'd love to have people that are on the fence right now.
3: What's the final deadline for that?
8: So the, the overall final deadline is going to be July 11th. Um, for most sports, a lot of the sports are going to take registrations up to that actual event date, but uh, July 11th is the best bet for sure.
1: What is because there's so many sports that that always show up on there. It feels like it's the it feels like it's the Olympics and I think that's that's part of the charm for it and you'll you start to dive into a lot of the well it's 5 on 5 basketball, it's 3 on 3 basketball. Well, you've got all of the track and field and now you've got pickleball and there's tennis and there's archery and badminton and it's all over the place. What are what are some of your favorites as as you've looked down the listing when you get your real first taste for you of the Cornhusker State Games?
8: So I got to say one of the most unique things and most unexpected things for me was actually skydiving. Mm. So we've got we've got all those classic sports but we've got stuff like skydiving, uh you said pickleball, um bocce ball is a new one this year. There there's just something for everyone, so it's it's truly awesome. How does skydiving work? So I'm not I'm not a huge <laughs> skydiving guy personally, but I know we have like a it's a formation team competition, so I guess we have videos and there's judges that go through and and judge how well the team skied wow.
3: together. Where is that at? Do you know the lo- I so, mean the locale where they do that?:
8: Yeah, so it's at the Lincoln uh Sport Parachute Club, I believe, um, so it's outside of actual City Wow.
3: Yeah, I didn't even know that, e- that so existed. So they have,
1: they have several events for this, Doug. Really? Yeah, I didn't even know this was a thing. So they have formation skydiving, an open division, and an intermediate division. They also have classic accuracy square, <laughs> which is open D, and they have classic accuracy square beginner A, where then there's a limit on a number of jumps. We it's, need to sign Jack up
3: for that. That oh once it gets back
1: this sounds insane i didn't even right. know this was a thing that you could do here
8: i would I would just be trying to survive personally, but these guys are like jumping into certain areas and doing all these formations and stuff it's that's crazy. A,
1: that's a win like if i if i'm alive on the ground, give me the medal <laughs> that's true right. I won skydiving that that's a victory. I conquered skydiving
3: what kind of numbers do you know the numbers for skydiving at this point
8: um i don't off the top of my head um I know it's definitely like a dedicated fan like you you don't have your average Joe signing up right, for right. <laughs> for uh, formation skydiving, but there's a good group of people that do it for sure. Yeah.
1: Another one that's listed on there, foot golf. For for people that have not heard of foot golf, what, explain that one real quick.
8: Yeah, so the easiest way to explain it, um, if anybody's been to Jim Egger Golf Course, they've got these um, soccer ball-sized holes in the ground, uh, and it's it's literally like golf, but you kick a soccer ball. It's pretty sweet huh.
1: so they just took the the idea of because you put a little twist on golf and they've got the frisbee golf so now they're just doing it with a soccer ball exactly yep how many types of golf can we play <laughs> that would actually we probably got to get one with a football oh, that'd be get cool. got to get one yeah. with a football uh-huh. because at some point you have to you have to drive with your foot you have to oh, do a, yep you got, you have to have a kickoff right away from there probably can only uh you could probably have to punt from a certain distance and you can only throw when you're so close. I'm assuming that that would be how I would play it anyway. Not that we just made up a new sport. You might have. Yeah, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get a trademark
8: hey, or something
3: that's going. Right. <laughs> that's right. We're gonna have the Caleb Henry classic, you know. Uh,
1: several others that are on there. Super retriever series, so that works with dogs. Yep, and uh, that that's already happened. Um Oh, okay. Yep, yep. That one's over. How do you have a? How do you have an event that's over and the the opening ceremony hasn't started? That one's a little
8: different. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of it's on its own. It's a little bit outside of the the umbrella of the state games, but it is still in the state games. Uh,
1: you've got pocket billiards, powerlifting, walking, wrestling, curling. Where are we? Are we doing curling? That because that, curling tends to as we've seen the last couple of Winter Olympics really capture the imagination because of what the USA team has yep. done, yep. but curling right here, yeah, that's right in Lincoln, Nebraska, baby, <laughs> heck yeah, well that would be the one. So if we, if we if you were to sign up for a sport as if you're not going to be busy during those during those couple of weeks, right? If you were to sign up for a sport, what what are you looking at? You get three registrations.
8: Hmm. Um okay. So first I think we're gonna go classic um five V five soccer. That's a, a newer one for this year. Love soccer, so I'd go with that. Um and then probably probably a three V three basketball. Get with some of the boys and, and try to get a team together. Um and then honestly skydiving. Oh, I hey. want to skydive. You're going
1: direct it's to skydiving. It's on the bucket list, so <laughs> might as well. No, that's fun. Doug, what would you do if you had three registrations oh, on, on the on the list there?
3: Boy, let me look here. I would do something in the shooting category, which I want mm-hmm. to talk to you about. But something that surprised me, I think most people don't know, is there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of high schoolers in the state of Nebraska that um, are on rifle teams, and I didn't realize that before. So I'd do some kind of shooting competition, and I I would love to try pickleball. I although I've never played. Caleb you and I had talked about that.
1: I'll get you And
3: then to make it easy, maybe a little cornhole. Ooh.
1: Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. I always feel like I'm good at cornhole and then I go against people it. that like live cornhole and I'm like, I guess I'm not that good. <laughs> not definitely not at a level I thought I was. Because I'm like, I I play with a beverage in my hand. That's, and that affects you, the you trajectory play. Of it like a you are bit. definitely trying to win every single toss. I'm just not quite to that same level. What are your three? Um I would definitely go pickleball number one and then discus for track and field yeah, i'm um, not gonna throw javelin because yeah. i don't want to mess up my shoulder again so we'll go discus there and then either either frisbee golf or just try curling like if i can get That'd some, if i can get someone to go out, i would just love to try that i'm not just trying skydiving <laughs> Uh you you hey, brought- just give it a shot. Just- <laughs> yeah. Give it a not shot. Not at all. By the way, on our text line, the Jeremy texted in he still has his medal for a boxing win at the nineteen ninety-five Corn hey. State games. Wow. So that, that people take it kind of serious here, Luke. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um so as as you look at those, you mentioned the 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 five on five for soccer. For folks that are used to seeing eleven on eleven. What are what are the differences for that? Is it based a lot on what we saw from the soccer tournament, which is a, a riff off of the basketball tournament recently? Yeah, so
8: um it's it's newer for this year. We haven't always done it. Mm-hmm. Uh it's gonna be more of the youth side, mm-hmm. um, up to up to high school. So I guess I wouldn't actually be able to register for it. But uh so it's just it's normal soccer. It's regulation size goals, just half a field. Okay. And it's supposed to be more of kind of a just get out there and have fun with your friends. Mm-hmm. Grab some friends and go play. Uh it's
1: not quite as intense. So it looks to me at times especially for those that maybe aren't like they're not watching Bundesliga. For for those guys that are they're not they're definitely certainly not watching Premier League they might only mm. see something at the FIFA World Cup five on five soccer it just moves quicker because it's only half the field
8: yeah exactly a lot more action packed a lot more goals a lot more fun for sure
1: Doug you were gonna talk about some of the shooting because there there are I several shooting. shooting categories I on know there. rifle and pistol I would love that
3: yeah I love shooting so do you know where that takes place is it out at um at
8: uh, Isaac Walton. I know some of them are. Um, we have a ton, so they're definitely spread out. I don't. Yeah. I don't think pistol is going to
1: be out there. Um, I know, like some of the trap stuff, definitely. Yeah, so,
3: Isaac yeah. Walton. That's where I usually go to shoot. This great out there.
1: I see. Man, there's man, uh, awesome. the site for at least one of them's the Weeping Water Gun Club. There you go. Yep. So yep. that's out near Weeping Water. That for is that crazy. One. Uh, just if folks do want to get registered, they want to find that full list of of events that are on there. They want to. Maybe they want to volunteer as well. Where can they get all uh, that information? Right at CornhuskerStateGames.com. Go check it out. What is, just real quick, fees for anything? Is it different across sports or is it just kind of in general? Here's for one event. Here's for an extra event. How does that all work?
8: So it's definitely going to vary from sport to sport. Um, the team sports are obviously going to be bigger fee because you got a team. But um, nothing's, nothing's crazy. It's all... Uh, Going to be pretty cheap and a good fee to pay to participate and
3: little, compete. Little insight into the opening and closing games. Got some surprises you can
1: share with us? Uh, all, or?
8: not not at the moment. I cannot share anything. <laughs> oh, Trying to get it out <laughs> of him. Dave's
1: not listening. Tell us everything you want to tell us. <laughs> I don't know. What are you most looking forward to that you can tell us? For obviously here with you as director of events, your first Cornhusker State games there, but your first Cornhusker State games. At all, like what? What is going to be the thing that you you see on the list of you know what your work duties are? But you say I have to be at this. I want to see how this works.
8: Oh shoot, that's tough. I mean, I don't know if there's a specific event or or something like that that I want to see. I'm just honestly really excited to see just the varying level of ages and abilities and stuff competing. Like I think it's super cool to see an eighty year old guy swimming yeah. you know or someone in track running the four hundred meter dash that's like seven years old like I-, I just think it's really cool it'll be special
1: well we're looking forward to it, and it's always a it's always a special event, especially when we can get to that opening night, which is next Thursday pinnacle bank arena you guys can head on out there and don't forget you can still sign up at cornhuskerstategames.com. that's luke misca the director of events for the nebraska sports council luke thanks for coming in yeah glad you could uh you're fresh out of college this wasn't like you had to set a special alarm for this one right <laughs> no nope. <Okay>. thankfully not but <laughs> well, we're glad you could be here luke we'll get to uh sports just on the other side on K today with jack and friends
5: your home for intelligent conversation and informed analysis. They stick to the facts. 1499 3 KLIN.
4: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 3:31. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
0: He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska Airwaves for nearly 3 decades. It's Old Timer's Day on the Radio Dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick John Pitcher.
1: And boy does he has he had a good couple of weeks Up in Omaha, at the Chuck. Bishop, I'm glad you can come down. Are you off of the high of what the College World Series was, especially for the way it was this year? And I think we have bishop muted for right now so we're going to see if we can get that unmuted he's Real- still so high he's up there man yeah it's out right. of the range
5: oh uh, you know what <laughs> it was unmuted and then the the problem is the zoom decided it wanted to update because oh. i guess it so long since i haven't updated it perfect it chaps wednesday yeah that's what i was uh, i was gonna say yeah um it's easy to uh to come down from the high when the last two games go twenty four to four and eighteen to four, because you have plenty of time to sit back and go, <laughs> "Yep, this is over." But no, it was a tremendous tournament. Uh, couldn't have gone any better, almost, uh, in my estimation.
1: Well, even with those two blowouts, it it added to a record setting, record setting week and a half of baseball up there in Omaha with getting to yeah. twenty four runs one day, eighteen the next the number of home runs that were hit? Because I know you were tracking, what was it, they just had to get to two home runs a game and that hadn't happened at the new ballpark yet?
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny because, you know, it was pacing well ahead of that after the first weekend, and then we got a wind shift, you know, uh, trying to remember. I think it started Monday or Tuesday, and the games during then, you know, the, the midweek, um, you, you know, it was hard to hit the ball out. and. Then all of a sudden you get the wind shift back, um, for the weekend. And, and, you know, you, you just don't see that this time of year. I mean, yeah, we see wind, but usually if you get a wind that comes out of the north this time of year at that clip, it's bringing rain with it or storms and you're not playing anyway. But it was, I, I had a feeling something was going to happen on Sunday and. Um, sure enough, it did. I, I mean, to see, to see the, the, the types of balls that left the yard, it kind of felt like, you know, Wrigley field, you know, on those days in July, when the wind's howling out at, you know, 30 miles an hour, <laughs> it's just like, get one in the air and it's going out. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it you know, I, I just, I thought that, you know, this tournament had a chance to be really memorable because of all the stars that were in it. And I know we talked about it last week when we were on. And, and, and they all lived up to the hype, you know, and it's just, it's refreshing because we tend to in this media culture hype up a lot of things and, and they very rarely pay off. And this tournament from as a whole paid off handsomely. And, and, you know, for, for the crowds, record crowds, you know, it's hard to, and for those of you who are watching on TV, Usually that last championship game, um, is one of the lesser attended games just because it's been a week and a half. People have to get home. You know, their hotels ran out, you know, uh, their, their funds ran out. And yet it was another full house. Uh, just another mm-hmm. example of, you know, the popularity of the event. And of course it helps that LSU was there.
1: I'm going to read you off a couple of numbers. Ryan McGee has a really good article on ESPN and goes through a lot of the College World Series. Eight games decided by one run. That's only happened twice in the last 75 editions of the College World Series. So there's three total in 75 versions of the College World Series. Three teams overcame a deficit of three or more runs. That's the most since the World Series moved over to the Chuck in 2011. As a matter of fact, you had the most home runs hit since it moved downtown. Florida hit 17 home runs on its own, including five from Ty Evans, who had only hit four home runs all season in what are surely more home run-friendly ballparks than what he saw in Omaha. You had the longest home run hit in the 12 that have been at this new ballpark. You had that stellar... LSU Wake Forest semifinal winner take all game that took 11 innings to get to after we had talked last week all before you get to the final series where you saw all of the runs scored on one day 24 hits to put up 18 runs in a winner take all for the title game and that has never happened before there are 592 teams have played baseball in Omaha since 1947 and we watched a team break a record that did that on top of everything else that happened and then you saw the crowds that were there you saw the jello shots that were purchased you saw the tv ratings bishop was this the greatest college world series ever was I mean, that week and a half the best one that anyone has ever seen and ever will see
5: I, I mean it it's it's hard to argue against it i mean those are all great numbers um, and again, you, you know, we can quote all the numbers in the in the world you want, but I said it last week, and and I'll continue to repeat it. Let's see what four and five years down the road looks like when Dylan Cruz, Rhett Lauder, Paul Skeens, Wyatt Langford, Jack Caglione are playing Major League Baseball mm-hmm. because I think they all will be, they all will be at the Major League level within the next four to five years and and the impact they have there. I what I hope um is it'll be like when I was a kid and I watched Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Will Clark go to you know go from playing on you know ESPN to playing on well ESPN <laughs> <laughs> but, but but playing Major League Baseball and 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 just remembering You know, hey, I got a chance to see this guy when he was here. And and so you mix all of that together. And it's certainly the best college world series I've been a part of. Um, And and yes, definitely arguments can be made. It may have been the best one ever. And, you know, it's funny because we've had yet another year where the SEC dominated the tournament, um, had an all SEC final, SEC champion. Um, But for some reason, and and while i'm sure there's some people who you know are really passionate about college baseball who are annoyed by that um it, it's hard to argue with the results mm-hmm. i mean it's given us some great great tournaments and record viewers and and everything that you could possibly want you know um there's always room to improve uh but i think that you know college baseball especially after what we went through a decade ago with the 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 new the new bats and the lack of offense and all the bunting. And it's just, it just, it was a, it was a very different, very boring, very long game. That's the other thing we haven't talked about, Caleb, is the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. Pitch clock has made a huge difference. That 11 inning game you quoted still got done in three hours. <laughs> if That's... that had been, if that had been heck, just two years ago, that game might still be playing right now in the ninth <laughs> inning. I would not was, have
1: stayed up to watch it.
5: No, and I would have fallen asleep broadcasting it, you know. It, so I, I, I think that you know, there's always room to improve, and, and certainly there'll be avenues to do it. But I think college baseball, in terms of its balance, in terms of its health, has not been in a position like this in a long time. Maybe I'm
1: glad ever. I'm glad you brought up the the pitch clock because you'll see a lot of the changes that happen across all sports. Tends to be to how can we drive an increase in scoring and an increase in action because then that's what the fans will stick around for that's what they want to watch on TV they want to see action and be entertained by scoring and that game was zero zero through eleven and a half innings or through 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 ten innings at least, and you get all the way through there and it's I'm still enthralled, I still have to see what every play is going to be, and there wasn't any scoring. And be, I, a big part of that is because with that pitch clock, there is constant action. It wasn't yes. scoring, but I am constantly entertained by what's happening.
5: No, no, I, you're exactly right. And keep in mind, before we got the two lopsided games here at the end, the scoring was down rather noticeably from mm-hmm. last year. You know, we I think it was about seven, 7.6, 7.7 runs per game, but it, it, it didn't feel like it did. You know, back in 2012 or 2013 when, you know, you got a two run lead and it felt like it was insurmountable. And, you know, teams were winning games three to one and it was a slog because you had constant action because there was motion, everything was moving along. And we've seen the impact it's had on the major league game. And I think it's helping out here in the college game as well, because let's, let's face it, it's a turnoff when. Things grind to a halt. It mm. is just a turnoff, and yeah, there, we had one game that you know kind of fit into that category, uh, but that was mainly because there were a couple of really long replay reviews, and it wasn't a particularly well played game. But for the for the most part, every other game, it moved crisply, it moved efficiently. Uh, there was always something going on. The only reason the last two games went over three hours was because there were. 20, you know, 22, <laughs> 26 combined runs, 28 combined runs yeah. scored in them. I mean, it's almost impossible not to, you know, have a three plus hour game when you have that many runs and that many guys stranded on base. LSU ended up leaving 47 guys on base in three games.
1: That's insane.
5: That's how ridiculous they, their offense was. They had 47 guys left on base <laughs> in three games. Just
1: stupid. That feels like Nebraska and just a regular weekend.
5: <laughs> yeah, it did kind of hit close to home. I think <laughs> uh,
1: for for folks that did go up there, and I talked with uh, talked with Mike Schaefer from Huskers twenty four seven earlier this week. He said this is the first time for him that when you had that change over to the downtown ballpark, you went away from Rosenblatt after decades and decades. And initially the change feels corporate and it feels like you're just trying to make it all sleek and shiny and it's not the thing that everyone grew up to and used to and you're in a neighborhood and you can you can see the zoo. But now that it's down there, and maybe some of this was the fact that LSU is there and the way that they travel and make, make everything a bit of a party and, and all the other fans that were there, but he said it felt a little bit like it used to. It felt like the community had embraced everything that was happening with this for the first time since it had moved downtown. Did you get any feelings like that?
5: You know, it's, it's harder for me just because my, you know, I'm literally going from the parking lot to the booth back to the parking (laughs) lot. So I don't get a chance to experience everything outside, but certainly I heard a lot of the anecdotal stories. I, you know, saw some of the stuff going on with social media and yeah, I mean, I think LSU certainly did help. LSU is, I, I made this comparison yesterday. One LSU was the first fan base to really migrate to Omaha, going back to the early '90s. They were the first fan base that made it a pilgrimage to come to Omaha. I mean, even though we'd had some great, you know, teams like the Texases and the Miamis and the and the uh, USC's, their fans didn't travel in packs like LSU fans did, mm-hmm. and and there became this. this, you know, long lost second cousin like relationship between the people of Omaha, the people of Nebraska and the LSU fan, because they reminded themselves of each other. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what Nebraska football fan does. And, and, and because of that, this has been a 30 year relationship to the point where you still have LSU people that come up to Omaha, even if their team's not playing in it. And, and so that, That certainly helped. But I don't think at the ballpark, it was always going to take time for a new ballpark to, you know, to really feel like home. And it wasn't necessarily the ballpark's fault that the exact same time it started was when the B.B. Corbett era (laughs) and the deadening of the offense started. Yeah, it was the perfect storm that was going to lead to what we ended up getting the first five or six years that the event was played at, at the Chuck. Well, now that we've, you know, kind of figured some things out and we've got a healthy balance to the game. And then you mix in LSU to the mix, you mix in, you know, the, 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 the talent that was on the field. And yeah, it, it's, it's probably easy to say that this was the first CWS that really felt like it used to. Well, a lot of that was because we had some very familiar faces, mm-hmm. you know, that were there and faces that Nebraskans had, had grown fond of. I mean, I, Caleb, I saw people. Driving in from Lincoln with Nebraska license plates and LSU, you know, stickers <laughs> and license plate frames and flags flying from their vehicles. You know, LSU's got a national fan base and they've got, you know, they've got hardy fans even here in Nebraska. So, um, it, it's, it's not, it's not surprising that all of this kind of came together at once.
1: It's so nice to have this here because of, of the fans that, that do travel for it in the way that you see Husker fans go go places and take over I think a big part of it for for lSU with this thirty year relationship is that they did win five titles from ninety one to two thousand yeah they did, and then they've they've tacked on two more since then but you go from ninety one to two thousand Nebraska football looked pretty good won a trio of championships were were kind of in the in the conversation for a couple of others over that time frame so I think That just having that that genesis of the relationship at a time, like you said, when Nebraska fans looked in the mirror and they saw LSU fans.
5: Yeah, it it, it did. It came along all together at the right time. And, and, you know, let's face it, the people, people of Louisiana and the people of Nebraska are very similar folks. Just one of them speaks with a different accent. That's all. Yeah, we you pronounce know, family
1: I mean, different than Brian Kelly yeah. does. <laughs> yes.
5: <laughs> Who, by the way, was there over the weekend? So uh, Mulkey uh, was there. Yes, I saw her. I talked to Paul Maneri, uh the the legendary former baseball coach. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah they they brought quite the and, and yes, you know. Uh, well, I forgot her name. The gymnast, Livy. Um, yeah, Livy <laughs> was, was if there. You were
1: going to get there. You forgot <laughs> yeah. it. You could not be more of an old man.
5: <laughs> I, could, I can't. I can't keep these people straight anymore. I don't know who they are. They well, she missed.
1: She missed the Sunday game. She was apparently at a race, and that's what. When that's where everything went Florida's way.
5: Exactly. So <laughs> maybe she was the good luck charm. I don't know.
1: What can we expect going? Is this just where we're going to now have this expectation when we get to next year and it's, it's, we're going to feel like it falls flat or are, are we going to get enough star power still playing college baseball that's not drafted and guys still want to, want to move around, play on these great teams. The Tennessee pitcher is in the portal right now. Can, can NIL help keep some of these guys that are later round draft picks that, that want to stick around and make some runs and the game just gets older and the players are better?
5: It certainly is a possibility. Absolutely. It is. Um, now it may be really, it may be a real tough ask to ask for next year to be any better than this year, but you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. It's just like with anything else, when something catches fire and is hot, you've got to have something else to happen to kind of breathe some more oxygen into the fire. And, and, and there is a chance that, that that could all happen. Listen, for as all, all the guys that I mentioned earlier, you know, you've got a whole bunch of others who won't be draft eligible until next year, mm-hmm. who are on these same teams, and others that we, had, you know, other great players that we never saw come to Omaha this year. Um, and if 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 you, the the conditions are right and the right folks get here, absolutely, we could have another rerun of this a year from now.
1: Real quick on on the, on the last one, you called all of those games, you saw all of that talent. But over the course of the the year, you also saw a lot of Creighton in Nebraska and yeah. a little bit of Omaha as well. What is the? And those are, they look like three different places significantly for where they are as programs and in three different leagues. What is the biggest thing missing that that could get any of those three programs to Omaha?
5: Well, I'm mean, it, it's the raw talent. It really is. I mean, the high level talent is 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 the thing that's missing the most. Um, you know, Dylan Cruz is a five two player like that. You know, first of all, most of those guys go straight to the pros anyway, they don't even go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got uh, certainly the high end pitching talent. Um, you, you know, we had, we had two, I think it was three different guys who ended up throwing over 100 miles an hour or hit 100 miles <laughs> yeah. an hour at some point. Uh, during the college world series, obviously Creighton doesn't have a pitcher like that. Nebraska hasn't had a pitcher like that in a while. And so, yeah, it's, it, it really, the biggest difference is the talent. It, it's, it's simply the talent. And, you know, you hope that, you know, you can, you can find some of that stuff here, develop some of that stuff here. Um, but th- that's, that's the challenge you run into. The best of the best go straight to the pros. The next level of the best of the best, they go to the SEC. Yeah. And, and you know, everyone else is left fighting for whatever's remaining on the table.
1: Well, I hope we can fight for the biggest leg of chicken that's still left on that table going forward. <laughs> uh, thank you, John Bishop, 1620 The Zone. Get a little bit of rest now that things aren't quite as busy, but a holiday weekend coming up. We'll talk again that's next right. week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, John. We'll wrap up LNK Today with Jack and Friends next. It's 8.57 on KLIN. Brent.
0: You're listening to LNK Today with Jack
1: and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Big thank you to Luke Miska from Nebraska Sports Council for popping in and talking with us. Thank you all for sharing your chaps. And, of course, John Bishop, 1620 of The Zone, who just joined us last segment. Tomorrow it's a ticket Thursday. We'll play probably another one of my, my games where we fill in the blank. A bunch of Swift Dog tickets, so we will take multiple winners if you can do so. We'll get those. And don't forget, you can send in your America for request line Friday, 402-479-1400. Doug, will see you tomorrow. All right, tomorrow.
3: Sounds good. See
1: all of you tomorrow. It's 9 o'clock.